Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Gamble Ramble. How we doing today? I am recording Saturday, August 27th. This is SGR 96, and we are wrapping up the NFC South with our Carolina Panthers team preview. This is a team that went on a number of streaks during the regular season last year. Um, <clears throat> coming into this season, you know, a, a team that's kind of in a make it, make it or break it year at a number of levels. Um, Baker Mayfield, obviously, joining this team recently late in the offseason the Panthers trading for him he gets another shot with a new franchise after all the drama in Cleveland and um, this team a lot of turnover at the quarterback position they kind of just continue to cycle through these burnout quarterbacks that have not had success with other franchises last three years Teddy Bridgewater Sam Darnold and now Baker just kind of a broken record down in Carolina, and it's kind of hard for me personally to get excited about this team. We'll see if they can take a step forward. We'll see if Baker can bounce back, dealing with a lot of injuries last year, trying to play through a lot of injuries and in kind of his final stand to make it work with the Browns. And so, yeah, like I said, you know, fresh start for him. Matt Rule, on the other hand, is a coach coming into his third year in the NFL and has not had much success in his first two years. He actually comes into this season as the odds-on favorite to be the first head coach fired, which is obviously never a good sign coming into a season for your franchise. Um, so again, a lot of people, you know, specifically head coach and quarterback here on this team with a lot to prove this year. So let's just, uh, let's dive into the episode. You know, this team, I mentioned very streaky last year, 5-12 and 12 record overall, fourth place in their division, 14th overall in the NFC. They covered 5-12 and 12 against the spread, 29.4%, tied for the worst cover rate against the spread in the NFL last year. Not good. I've mentioned the streaks. This team, believe it or not, if you can remember back to week uh, three of the NFL season last year, this team started out 3-0. and Sam Darnold looked to have somewhat of a resurgence down in Carolina, and then everything fell apart. Now, the whole Sam Darnold thing, I mean, people are getting excited. Sam Darnold looks like an MVP candidate. Are the Panthers this surprise franchise? Guys, it's Sam fucking Darnold. Like, don't, you know, there, there's this thing called a mirage when you're trapped out in the desert for years and years and, and thirsty and deprived of water. And I think for this Carolina Panthers fan base, ever since Cam Newton has been gone, they have been out in that Sahara just looking for a fucking puddle to drink from. And Sam Darnold, to me, was that puddle. Um, just fell off the rails. So 3-0 start. Then they go through a middle stretch of the season where they go 2-5 and before finishing 0-7 for the year. So 3-0 and and then a 2-12 and finish over the last 14 weeks of the season. That's how you get to 5-12. and A um, lot of turnover at the quarterback position. I mentioned Sam Darnold played 12 games for this team. Cam Newton actually came back, which was really interesting to watch. We actually got a brief glimpse of maybe Cam Newton isn't dumb, done here. I think week 13 or so against the, the Cardinals, who were still looked at as a, as a good contending team in the NFC. We got that upset. Um, quick humble brag here. I cashed the Panthers money line plus 310 that week against the Cardinals. Look for my underdog upsets this season, guys, coming up. I post three of my top underdogs every week for the Sunday slate, and those are my favorite bets to hit. So 
let's get back on track. This Panthers team, uh, revolving door at quarterback last year, offense finished 29th in points per game, 17.9, 30th in yards per game at 298.9. Again, 0-7 down the last seven weeks of the season, and they just could not put drives together. Cam Newton... Guys, don't please. Who all thirty-two owners or GMs? If any of you can can you know find this show, uh, based on my twenty downloads a week here, don't fucking sign Cam Newton. Don't give that guy any more money. He doesn't deserve an NFL contract anymore, and he hasn't in three years. So yeah, Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, PJ Walker even got some playing time last year. Not uh, not a fun team to watch down the stretch. Defense, actually, 21st in points per game in 23.8, but second in yards per game, only giving up 305.9 in total offensive yardage. That is weird to me. Like, I'm trying to kind of find the correlation there. Looks like turnover margin might be it. Uh, tied for 29th in the league at minus 13 turnover margin. Um, they were tied with three teams, I think, at minus 13, and then outside of that, the Jags down at minus 20 for last place. So yeah, when you have terrible quarterback play, you're giving up short fields, and you have a high turnover margin there, it makes sense that you're going to give up more points than you're going to allow yardage. Um, but this, I think that's still an overachievement for this team based on personnel, Really, on paper, I don't see them being a top two defense in yards per game for a second straight year. We can talk about that later, but I mean, as we kind of, uh, you know, we'll move into the personnel in a minute, but I think a, a big loss for that defense, Stephon Gilmore in the secondary. So real quick, let's touch on the coaching, and then we can get back to the personnel. Um, there is a change at offensive coordinator this year. Um, ben McAdoo is back into relevancy. Ben McAdoo, if you guys remember, two years as head coach with the New York Giants um, back in 2016-2017. He was with the Giants for four years, two as an OC, and then a promotion to head coach. And first year, 11-5, and five, and then just fell off a cliff. Um no success after that, really. He has been uh, the he was the Jags uh, quarterback coach in 2020, and outside of that, you know, nothing on the coaching resume since 2017. I'm sure he's bounced around the league. He was a consultant with the Dallas Cowboys last year. Um, McAdoo is a is a fucking goofball. Um, I mentioned that you know uh, what's his name Matt Rule is a favorite plus 300 for first coach fired. And spoiler alert, I'm not really that optimistic that this team looks much different than they did last year. Maybe the offense is a little better with Baker and a healthy uh, CMC, but I think that defense will regress uh, quite a bit from that top two ranking in yards per game. So what I'm saying is if this team struggles and, you know, the bye week is week 13 for this team, if we're looking at, you know, when will Matt Rule get fired, if he does get fired, you know, it's not a... It, it's not a guarantee, but he's the odds-on favorite for first coach fired. So let's see, like, you know, how does this happen? Um, we get to week 13. I looked at the schedule. I'm looking at maybe four wins for them by week 13, maybe five, unless this team just surprises us. And, you know, maybe some of the tougher opponents on their team or on their schedule struggle with injuries. But realistically, there's not. The schedule's kind of tough, in my opinion, and the Panthers aren't that loaded. So... Let's say they're going into week 13 at like a 4-8 and eight record. Um, Matt Rule gets canned in the bye week, and then McAdoo coaches the last five weeks of the season. 
it's possible. That's just something that kind of stood out to me when looking at the schedule. The fact that McAdoo has been a head coach in the past. Maybe this Panthers organization wants to give him a shot. It seems like something they would do because, to be honest, this doesn't look like a well-run organization to me. And so, yeah, it, when you're trying to project things, it's not so much what would you do, it's what would the Panthers do, right? And the Panthers are a dumb enough team, I think, to make Ben McAdoo their head coach if they have to fire Matt Rule. Um, I'm not a Matt Rule fan. Let's talk about this real quick. Uh, he just now decided this week to give uh, Baker Mayfield the starting job, even though it was clear since they fucking traded for him that it was his team, uh, at least for this year. Um, what kind of an asshole head coach would be willing to give Sam Darnold first team reps and take those first team reps away from his starter? Like, you know Sam Darnold's not your starter. You know it's Baker's. So why are you wasting time giving Darnold half of the first team reps. It makes no sense. Matt Rule should be the first coach fired. Um, you know, I would be surprised if he makes it past this season. Maybe he finishes the regular season, but this guy's a dipshit. He needs to go back to college football, in my opinion. That's enough of coaching talk. Let's talk personnel. I mentioned Stephon Gilmore, this team, I believe, traded for halfway through the season. He played pretty well there. The defense obviously was very good. The secondary was very good for this team um, with... Uh, Dante ja Jackson, uh, J.C. Horn, and Stephon Gilmore. And then the second, the, the safety, Jeremy Chin, is a very good third-year player here as well. So they played well last year, but I think Stephon Gilmore is a pretty big loss. Outside linebacker, pass rusher Hassan Reddick uh, signed a big contract with the Eagles this offseason. He's a guy that played his rookie deal with the Cardinals, finished his last year of his rookie deal with double-digit sacks, went and did it again in Carolina, but they couldn't pay him um, what the Eagles could. So they let him walk, and that could be big. You know, he was their most productive uh, pass rusher, um, arguably outside of Brian Burns, and those two kind of formed a good speed rush duo on the outside. And uh, we'll see if they can, you know, replace Reddick's production in the pass rush, but that's potentially another area where the defense could regress a little bit this year, in my opinion. Defensive tackle Daquan Jones, linebacker Jermaine Carter, defensive end Morgan Fox. They lose all those guys on the defensive side of the ball as well. And then offensively, running back Amir Abdullah, offensive guard Trenton Scott, wide receiver Alec Erickson, and kicker uh, Liram <coughs> Hajruela. Let's go with that. Um, all, uh, you know, free agency losses. Um, yeah, uh, key additions. I mentioned Baker. Baker trade details. Um, the, uh, the Cleveland Browns got a 2024 fourth or fifth round pick for Baker. <clears throat> it's a conditional pick. It's a fourth round pick if Baker plays 70% of the snaps or more for the Panthers. It's a fifth round pick if he does not meet that metric. A lot of teams are doing this, especially with these kind of uh, journeyman franchise QBs. You know, Carson Wentz. Um, Baker Mayfield, I'm sure there's one or two others right now that I can't think of off the top of my head that have had these incentives, you know, X amount of snaps for the team. I'll give you, a, you know, an extra round on your pick. It's interesting how the cap situation played out. You know, one of the reasons that Baker, the trade took so long to work out is because nobody wanted to cover his entire contract. So it, it, it ends up, uh, the Panthers only pay 4.85 mil in cap space this year for Baker, while Cleveland is actually paying, uh, over twice as much. Cleveland's paying Baker Mayfield 10.5 million this year to play for the Panthers. 
Uh, the rest of his contract is worked into incentives for this season, like I mentioned, 70% snap count and things like that. Uh, but yeah, um, Cleveland paying, you know, two-thirds of his salary this year. And if we look at the week one matchup, not to jump too far ahead to the schedule, uh, the Panthers and Browns play each other week one. So we got a couple revenge spots in week one with Baker versus the Browns and Russell Wilson versus the Broncos. That should be some interesting stuff. As it looks right now, um, you know, Joe Flacco is going to start week one for the Jets and they're playing the Ravens. So we got three potential quarterback revenge spots week one. That should make for some interesting football. Um, let's talk about the other guys that they added to this roster and not many big names. We'll go through these quickly, but after losing Hassan Reddick and Stefan Gilmore and some other big depth pieces on that defense, I was not really impressed with the names that they brought in here. Offensive guard, Austin Colbert, safety, Xavier Woods, running back, Deontay Foreman, who actually played well down the stretch last year in replace of Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Uh, they did bring in the best punter in the league, Johnny Hecker. Um, maybe they'll run a couple of fake punts a year because the guy can throw but realistically like I guess they had to invest in the punter because Baker Mayfield's your QB and yeah uh, not optimistic um outside linebacker Damian Wilson defensive end Matt Ioannidis from Washington center Bradley Bozeman wide receiver Richard Higgins who I think could be actually kind of a sneaky guy he came over from the Browns and has had uh, somewhat of a de you know decent chemistry established with Baker there is an opening for that even second or third receiver position on this team real quick uh, DJ Moore's obviously the one and then we got Robbie Anderson coming off a bad year second round or second year Terrace Marshall coming off essentially zero production as a rookie and then Richard Higgins is a guy that again if he can build on that established chemistry with Baker, he could pass Marshall and or Robbie Anderson this year on the depth chart and get some substantial targets in this offense. I'm not really going to talk much more about Higgins during the fantasy segment. He hasn't been a guy that's been a starter, uh, you know, enough in his career for me to get together any sort of, you know, consistency metrics or anything like that. He's not really being drafted this year either in fantasy, but just now as I'm walking through the depth chart and you know, looking through kind of the situations here, I think more and more that makes sense to me with Higgins almost being, you know, a, a deep sleeper candidate for me this year. Uh, you know, I'm just now talking myself into that a little bit. So watch for the target distribution this season. If Higgins is involved early in the season and we're not seeing an increased role from Terrence Marshall, and if Robbie Anderson still looks like the bag of dicks he looked like on the field last year, Look out for Higgins. Um, and then who else here? Line uh, Cornerback Chris uh, Westry to round out the free agency additions. They re-signed a handful of players. Cornerback Dante Jackson. Cornerback Rashawn Melvin. Safety Justin Burris. Wide receiver Brandon Zilstra. And safety Sean Chandler. And that'll round out the personnel recap as far as the veteran uh, transactions. We will move into the draft here. And... Eh, kind of a so-so draft to me. Um, didn't have a second-round pick, if I remember correctly. Probably part of the Darnold trade, I would assume. Um, you know, let's touch on Darnold real quick. They picked up his fifth-year option before last year, so they're stuck on the books, 18 mil in dead cap in 2022 with that fifth-year option. So they're actually paying Darnold more than Baker this year. Uh, just classic cap mismanagement by Carolina here and just reeks of desperation 
to to give Sam Darnold almost 20 mil guaranteed before he even plays a snap for your organization. Sorry, Panthers fans. You know, again, there's maybe optimism. If Baker can, you know, be a starter for this team, obviously that's a great thing for your franchise. But I can't help but rip this fucking team apart for what they've done at least in the last two years. Really ugly stuff. Uh, in the draft, I like their first round pick. Round one, uh, they had the, let me think, number six overall pick. And they took offensive tackle Akeem Aquanu out of, where did he go? North Carolina State, that's right. And um, yeah, looks to be a good tackle. It's a bit concerning. I've seen a couple of things from his preseason tape. One of him absolutely bulldozing people in the running game, and another of him getting absolutely blown the fuck up by a defensive back half his size. Let's hope that was just a bad snap, but he did put that on film, and seeing that was concerning. But again, hopefully it's just, you know, one play. Aquanu looks like a very athletic tackle, a good in open space as far as a guy that weighs fucking 320 pounds. Uh, round three, they took quarterback Matt Carell out of Old Miss. Carell, I wasn't really overly interested in in the draft this year. Um, <clears throat> you know, outside of really Malik Willis. I wasn't really overly, you know, enthralled with any of these guys. It's looking like Kenny Pickett could be a solid guy. Trying to talk myself into a Kenny Pickett Rookie of the Year wager, actually. Currently, he's he's tied for the favorite, I think, at like plus 700. I'm trying to talk myself into that because he's a QB with the easiest path to playing time. But Matt Carell, to me, won't supplant Baker this year, I don't think. I just don't think he'll be ready enough. Uh, and I'm not really like sold on Matt Corral as far as he'll he'll ever be a starter in the NFL, but the Panthers are going to give him a shot as kind of a project in the third round at quarterback. Um, round four linebacker Brandon Smith out of Penn State, and round six defensive end Amari Barned, I believe, or Barno. My handwriting's a little sloppy there. Out of Virginia Tech, I am a handwriting guy. Guys, I, I do I do this shit in notebooks. I have an Excel sheet up for my fantasy shit, but a lot of this is handwritten. All right, strength of schedule for this team. Ranked 14th, but when you consider that this is just not a team that I'm really in love with, and when you consider also I, I, I project the Saints to be a lot better this year than they were last year, that's two of the games on their schedule that are maybe a little bit skewed based on last year's um, rankings. They have the Lions on the schedule, who I personally think the Lions will be much more competitive this year. I've mentioned that on my Lions preview. So realistically, when you look at this, some tough opponents. Let's run through it. Browns week one in the Baker Mayfield Bowl. Then they got the Giants. Now, theoretically, we could be looking at 2-0 and there, you know, potentially. Browns without Deshaun Watson in Carolina, so they got home field advantage. It, they could be dealing with some heat and humidity, which always benefits these home teams that play down south early in the season. Big thing that I like to do is back the Dolphins early in the season when they're down in Miami in that Florida heat. Wearing the white uniforms, making their road teams wear their dark uniforms. A lot of the time, that's an angle to play on. I also like taking Denver early in the season with teams playing at high elevation. They're not used to early in the season with the conditioning angle. These are things that I'll be looking at over the first few weeks of the season. All I'm saying is a Cleveland team coming down to Carolina to play in that heat, it could impact the game. And again, no Deshaun Watson. So we could be looking at 2-0 here with the Browns and Giants. It gets harder. Saints, Cardinals, 49ers, Rams, Bucks. Holy fuck, that's difficult. Falcons, Bengals, Falcons again. 
Ravens, Broncos, then the bye, Seahawks, Steelers, Lions, Pan, uh, excuse me, Buccaneers, Saints to finish it. So again, my thinking, and I'm not, this isn't a lead pipe block, but let's just play, uh, let's theorize this shit. Let's play hypotheticals for a second. Say they're looking at like three or four or five wins uh, and they just get their asses torn apart by the Broncos in week 12, week 13 is the bye week. And then they have Steelers, uh, excuse me, Seahawks, Steelers, Lions upcoming. Maybe that's the coaching change. If they have to do it, maybe that's a quarterback change. If they have to do it, cause it's late enough, late enough in the season. And you have somewhat of a soft schedule over the next three weeks where it seems like if you're going to do anything drastic, and maybe do some sort of either leadership or again major you know quarterback change or whatever that's kind of the point in the season I think you do it once you already know that you're out of contention this team's over under for wins is six and a half if I had to give you a pick it's under it's the under is minus 125 the over is plus 105 and I guess my overall theme here is that yes Baker Mayfield probably better than what Sam Darnold gave them last year Definitely better than what Cam Newton gave them last year. I'm just not really sold that it's all of a sudden this massive upgrade. I haven't really seen anything from Baker in his career that has been overly impressive. Even his rookie year when people were like, oh, Baker's a guy. You know, he won rookie of the year. He threw a bunch of touchdowns. I just wasn't overly impressed with the eyeball test on the field. Coming into that second year, you know, he made some plays in the preseason where I was starting to come around maybe Baker is a guy here, but he just hasn't shown any consistency in his career, and he hasn't really shown me that he is a franchise QB, so not to go on too long of a Baker rant, but I'm not sold that he is a guy here, and it could just be same old, same old, you know, Sam Darnold 2.0 here, potentially, for Cleveland. I worry about Baker's mental state, honestly, and it's low-hanging fruit. People have been calling him, you know, immature, almost his entire career. I think it's a real thing. The guy kind of is a douchebag to me. I'm not going to hold back. Baker's a dick. Baker's a douchebag. I'm done holding back. I'm not filtering myself. I don't like him. I don't like how he portrays himself in the media. I'm sick and fucking tired of those progressive commercials. And besides that, just the way that he handles himself, the way that he says, oh, I'm going to take an off season and disappear from social media. And then a month later, he's tweeting and bitching about requesting a trade. And uh, like the whole Odell Beckham saga where it's like, hey, you know, Baker can't get me the ball. Looking like Odell Beckham was fucking right all along on that because he goes to the Rams and immediately makes plays. He scored more touchdowns with the Rams this fucking past season than he did in three goddamn years with the Browns because Baker just sucks. So yeah, let's not hold back anymore. I don't like this team this year. Under six and a half wins. Let's just be aggressive about it. Let's stop pussyfooting here in this episode. Their odds to win the division are plus 1,500. Get the fuck out of here. They were plus 950 just 30 days ago. Um, obviously there's some, I mean, yeah, the bucks are probably getting juiced like crazy. The saints are probably getting some action, but that's a substantial drop off. Their odds to win the conference are 50 to one and their odds to win the super bowl are a hundred to one. They're a minus 500 favorite to miss the playoffs altogether this year. And yeah, I mean, it's just not going to happen. Let's stop ripping on Baker individually, but there's there's so many teams better in the NFC and in the NFL overall. I don't like the schedule personally. I said it's 14th ranked, but to me it looks harder on paper than that. You got to play the AFC North. You got to play the NFC West. You got two games against the Bucks. You got two games against the Saints. No thank you.
No thanks, Panthers. Let's talk fantasy because I can rant and rave all I want, but at the end of the day, yeah, we're not that interested. Um, Matt Rule, first coach fired, maybe my favorite bet here. Maybe. Probably not. Honestly, it's probably just under six and a half even. But, uh, yeah, no thanks, guys. Uh, let's talk fantasy. <clears throat> Honorable mention, Sam Darnold's the backup. P.J. Walker is third string. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is the second string running back behind Christian McCaffrey. We'll talk Chuba numbers a little bit, but obviously he is just a handcuff. And at this point, you're not even drafting him as a handcuff. Like in fantasy, a guy like Alexander Madison or Tony Pollard, who you know are going to get the rock if their um, starter goes down for those teams. Chuba's not that guy. I said they brought in Deontay Foreman. To be honest, Deontay Foreman might be a better player than Chuba Hubbard right now as it stands. So um, Chuba's second, Deontay's third at the running back position. I mentioned the main receivers, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, somewhat drafted in the second round, uh, you know, last year out of LSU, but didn't do much in his rookie year. The receivers behind them that could play into some snaps here, Rashad Higgins and Shai Smith on the depth chart. The starting tight end is Tommy Tremble, and then the backup tight end is Ian Thomas. Thomas was the starter last year for the majority of the season. I think Trumbull may have been more involved over the second half. But to be honest, you're not interested in these guys either for fantasy. We're just not really going to waste time on the tight ends in this offense. If they're guys that become involved, sure, waiver wire stuff, but we're not drafting them, so who cares? Baker, 189 overall in drafts this year, QB 24. He was being drafted QB 14 last year at 130 overall. Played 14 games for the Browns, finished QB 25 for fantasy, 30th in points per game. I'm not interested in Baker for fantasy. I hope you aren't either. He just, to me, has never really done enough to show me anything. He doesn't provide you a rushing baseline. His career high in passing yards is 3,827. His career high in touchdowns was 27 his rookie year. And, uh, yeah, career totals for Baker, 235 yards per game, 92 touchdowns, 56 interceptions in four seasons. I just don't care. Don't want him. This offense will be run through Christian McCaffrey as long as he is healthy, and that remains a big question mark. You can say it about anybody, but the fact that McCaffrey's had two back-to-back injury-riddled years is concerning. I'll give you Baker's uh, consistency rankings, and then we'll go back to CMC. Did not give you a top 12 week last year. Gave you two weeks inside, excuse me, did not give you a top six. Gave you two weeks inside the top 12. 44th most consistent fantasy QB for top 12 finishes. There's only 32 teams, guys. He finished a quarterback two on the week in 57% of his games. Did not finish top 24, 28% of the time. Christian McCaffrey. People are drafting him uh, second overall this year, just behind Jonathan Taylor. I think if Derrick Henry didn't have an injury last year, obviously he'd be going ahead of him as well. Christian McCaffrey is one of the tougher guys to talk yourself into drafting in fantasy. It feels like he is a fantasy football god. He is a PPR machine. He is one of the most athletic freaks at the running back position in the NFL. He hasn't been healthy. He's played 10 games over the last two years after being basically the number one overall pick in back-to-back fantasy drafts. So it's concerning. And, you know, I tried to look into this and and put on my doctor coat and, and do the best job I could here. And what I noticed from CMC's injury history All of his major injuries are on the right side of his body. 
that to me stood out as a bit of a pattern like usually you know i try what i try to do is figure out are these the kind of injuries that are like likely to repeat or like um he could retweak them and you know re come into some sort of setback is it a, is it like he's pulling his hamstring every six months on the same leg or is it just random like shoulder here finger here you know ankle here they're all on the right side of his body shoulder ac joint sprain in the right shoulder uh in 2020 um hip pull in 2016 back in college i believe on his right side uh 2020 um thigh glute strain 2021 thigh hamstring strain grade two and then over the last two seasons he's had two different pedal ankle sprains and high ankle sprains of a second and third grade on that right angle so two years in a row he suffered suffered significant pedal ankle sprains on the right ankle and again all of these injuries five injuries over the last five years um on the lower right side of his body on that right leg and right hip area and to me it's kind of an indicator that it's it's how this guy plays football he probably leads into contact with his right side it's his dominant side i feel like that's a very natural reflex for a lot of players i know i certainly would feel more comfortable taking a hit to my right shoulder than my left just based on my athletic orientation here as well being a righty and you know it's I, I think it's based on how he plays a little bit because this guy just he accelerates into contact you know he doesn't go out of bounds he tries to fight for every fucking yard and it could be part of the reason we've seen him so banged up over the last few years I'm starting to get a little bit more concerned as I looked into that as far as being able to invest the number two overall pick in fantasy in a guy that we've seen break down over the last two years. And again, all of those injuries to me, I mean, like four significant soft tissue lower body injuries in the right leg over the last two years. That's kind of sketchy to me. So I don't know. He's being drafted number two overall. He was being drafted number one overall last year. Finished RB38 in just seven games. So obviously he can do it on a points-per-game standpoint. He was fifth overall at the running back position in points-per-game. The Panthers do have the 19th easiest schedule for running backs this year. 19th easiest sounds kind of weird because it's bottom half of the league. Last year, Christian McCaffrey gave you a top 12 week at the sixth highest consistency rate with 57% of his games going into the top 12. He finished at RB2 in two games last year, 14% of his starts, 47th in consistency, but that's not what we're interested in. He finished top 24 in 71.4% of his games, which was eighth most consistent. So again, you know, sixth most consistent, top 12, eighth most consistent, top 24, fifth in points per game last year. And, you know, while I love CMC, um, even all those metrics don't add up to a number two overall pick, if we can be honest. Um, so I don't know. The offensive line is ranked 22nd in the NFL by Sharp Football, and that's not great for a running back either. I'm just starting to feel like there's a little bit too much risk with CMC going number two overall. I think I'd take Derrick Henry over him. And, I mean, I guess it is tough to take like that second tier of running backs over him because of the upside. I just, I guess I'm being, a, I'm pussyfooting around this. I don't know. I just don't know if I can really draft CMC early um, 
with so much injury risk that I just baked in. Again, not a doctor. It's all about your own risk, um, you know, well, however much risk you can tolerate in that first round there. But it's it, I'm getting more scared as I talk about it here. Chuba Hubbard is the second string running back. He played 16 games for this team last year, obviously not starting all of those. He's not being drafted this year. I won't touch him again. He's not a true guaranteed handcuff. Uh, running back 62 off the board this year. That's um, substantially lower than he was going last year. Last year, he was being drafted as a handcuff at running back 51, basically with your last pick in the drafts, 165 overall. He finished the RB36 last year in 16 games, 44th overall in points per game. And just, we we thought that Chuba would kind of be a workhorse right away, you know, stepping into that role because we saw Mike Davis really thrive in uh, 2020 in that role behind McCaffrey once he went down. Chuba didn't give us the same consistency, the same production, the same goal line efficiency, the same reception work. He just gave us none of it. So again, not really that interested. Um, Did not give you a top 12 week last year. Finished RB2 at the 15th highest consistency rate with 30% of his games. Um, But that put him in the top 24 at only 29%, which was 47th ranked in consistency and didn't finish top 36 in almost half his games at 47%. Again, I think it's a committee if McCaffrey goes down. Um, and there's potential that, you know, they work in guys like Chuba and, and Foreman, you know, to take some snaps away from McCaffrey. Obviously, he's not going to get his passing work taken away from him, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Also, I think Baker is the kind of guy that maybe holds onto the ball a little bit longer than some of these other QBs McCaffrey has played with in his career and could potentially be looking to scramble a little bit more, which could dip into the checkdowns a little bit, too, now that I think about it. Let's talk receivers. DJ Moore is really the only one you're probably considering. Robbie Anderson coming off arguably the most disappointing year of his career last year. I was really in on Robbie last year and got burned in fantasy hard by Robbie. It was disappointing. DJ Moore this year uh, being drafted a little bit ahead of where he was last year. I think people are more confident in Baker than they are in Darnold. DJ Moore, 43 overall. 30, uh, 43 overall in fantasy draft, 16th receiver off the board. To me, that's a little bit early. I'm just going to say it. You know, my buddy um, who I talk to, you know, a lot about this fantasy stuff and this gambling stuff just asked me before recording, are you a DJ Moore guy this year? And I said, I guess I'm about to find out. I think I just found out 16 is a little bit too early for me. And again, I think DJ Moore is a hell of a player, former first round pick in the NFL, and he could be very good in the proper system. Like you put DJ Moore as the wide receiver or two on the Rams instead of Allen Robinson or Odell Beckham, and you put him opposite Cooper Cup, the guy is balling, balling. But uh, I don't know. He hasn't been able to do it in Carolina. He hasn't been able to get over more than like four touchdowns a year down there, and I'm not sure that Baker is the guy to really get him over the hump. Um, he was being drafted 52nd overall last year, 22 at the receiver position, finished wide receiver 18 last year, even with Darnold and the inconsistent QBs. So maybe that is something to look at. I mean, yeah, revolving door, Darnold, Cam Newton, PJ Walker still got at 18 overall. Um, I didn't realize that. Wow. Uh, stats, 93 catches, 1100 yards, four touchdowns. So he's kind of like Keenan Allen light over there in Carolina. You know, maybe there is upside, but I just don't know if like he's going to need to get like eight touchdowns in order to really like get up there for me. And I don't, I don't know if that's there. (sighs) 
he's a tough guy this year. He's a tough guy, but wide receiver 30 and points per game. There you go. So again, he played a full season 17. He realistically, he was giving you wide receiver 30 point per game production. That makes a little bit more sense to me. Also doesn't have that boom potential. So yeah, consistency metrics. Okay, I'm back to being down on DJ Moore. 17.6% uh, of his games inside the top 12, 34th most consistent. He also finished 17% as a wide receiver too, 31st most consistent. You add that up, top 24 finish in only 35% of his games, 30th ranked. So he's 30th ranked in points per game and top 24 finishes at the receiver position. That makes more sense to me than an 18 overall positional finish because, again, that's considering guys that missed games, which caused them to fall down the overall seasonal ranks. He busted outside of the top 36 in 41% of his games last year, and I just see it being a little bit of the same old, same old with DJ Moore this year. If you want a guy that will be consistent as like a wide receiver two-ish, like a low-end wide receiver two for your team, I guess that's DJ Moore, but he's not really being drafted there at the wide receiver 16, where you're going to get more like wide receiver 20-ish production, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think I can do it. I think I'm out. Sorry, Koch. If you're listening, I'm out. Um, Robbie, I'm not drafting any of these receivers. Let's just say that Robbie Anderson burnt me so hard last year. I am emotionally scarred maybe for the rest of his career. Um, 188 overall in drafts, not being drafted in your con conventional league, 78th overall receiver, uh, being drafted 76 overall last year. That is quite a fall in ADP from year to year, but it's because he fucking sucked last year. Uh, being drafted as wide receiver 33 last year, he finished wide receiver 49 in 17 games. That was good for 77 in points per game at the receiver position. Go fuck yourself, Robbie Anderson. He gave you one top 12 week last year. He gave you two weeks inside the top 24 overall and busted outside the top 36 in 70% of his games. I want my seventh round pick back, Robbie. Fuck you. Terrence Marshall, second round pick out of LSU in 2021, didn't do shit last year. He's a guy that I really liked his college tape. I would have been I would have been in on Philly drafting him. I was surprised to see him do nothing this year. We'll see if he can, you know, solidify a role there. Maybe play his way over Robbie Anderson. At least hold off Richard Higgins. But um, we're gonna have to see a, a massive improvement from Terrence Marshall because he didn't do anything last year. Uh, being drafted this year wide receiver 100 after being drafted wide receiver 63 last year. Neither are going to fit into your top 16 rounds in conventional leagues. Finished wide receiver 139 in 12 games last year. 2.7 points per game at the fantasy receiver position. Not good. Um, strength of schedule for these guys. Baker, quarterback, 23rd schedule for fantasy. Running backs, 19. Receivers, 22nd ranked fantasy schedule and tight end 21st. You're just not into it. Um, Terrence Marshall didn't give you any weeks last year, even inside the top 36 at the position. He busted outside the top 36, 100% of his games last year. And Tommy Tremble didn't do shit last year either at the tight end position. He's not being drafted 392 overall, uh, tight end 43 in your drafts. He finished tight end 45 last year in 15 games played 3.5 fantasy points per game scored, uh, zero top six weeks. Uh, I think he scored in the top 12 twice. Um, and then outside of that, busted outside the top 24 tight ends in 81% of his games. Just don't, I'm, I'm really not in on the pass catchers for this team. And I, I, I think 
did I say I was in on anybody? I'm not in on anybody on this offense. That's crazy. Uh, maybe I'm missing out. I think it just comes down to, uh, I've talked about a couple teams. I think um, like the Jags, for instance, like I'm just willing to just, I want to target other offenses. Uh, I just am not really attracted to any of these guys at their current ADP. If you're just like a real believer in DJ Moore's talent, he's he's probably going to get you 90 catches and 1,100 yards again. He needs more touchdowns to really, you know, do it for me in terms of fantasy. Um, and maybe that's a thing he can improve on. You know, touchdowns are a thing. I guess it's going to come down to who does Baker favor in the red zone a little bit. And DJ to me doesn't really archetype as like a red zone target. Um, he's more of that route runner separator kind of guy. So it'll be interesting. He is consistent. Again, DJ Moore, 90 catches, 1,100 yards, book it. But if he only brings in four touchdowns again, I just don't think that's enough upside for me to really, really love it. So that's my Panthers episode, guys. We are done with the uh, divisional preview series. We have one more team preview to do, and that's the Cleveland Browns. I've been delaying that, waiting on some um, concrete rulings in the Deshaun Watson case, and it looks like we have it. Um, so we're going to be able to knock out the Browns tomorrow and finally be done with these team previews over the next few weeks. I will get you my official NFL futures bets and any other relevant content that I want to put out before kickoff. I know you guys are having a lot of fantasy drafts this upcoming week. I'm not really a fantasy expert here. I've said it before. I play fantasy. I break these, these players down in the team previews, but I'm not going to sit here and give you episodes of my top 10, top 20 players at each position. It's just not what I do. There's plenty of other websites out there and podcasts devoted to fantasy. I'm just giving you my shit here, and we're going to talk gambling mostly. So we'll get into it. We have 12 days left until kickoff. I am excited. I hope you are too. Thank you for listening, and ramble on.